1: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah, are you excited about today's episode?
0: I am really excited. Something about spring makes me want to get inspired about space again, so this feels like a well, you can set up the topic, but I, I am excited. It feels like a good topic.
1: It is a good topic. Well, we're here in your ears on a Sunday, which means this is one of our more than mom episodes where we're not necessarily talking about parenting topics um but we're just talking about our life as, as moms. So today we're talking about the spaces that inspire us. Um, and it's funny, like sometimes that can mean specific spaces, like specific real spaces. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's kind of like a, like a general, like a general idea of a space, um, or like Something that you've been exposed to in like literature or photos that just speaks to you and moves you. So I feel like it can mean a variety of things.
0: I think it can too. And we always have fun, like kind of fantasizing about space and decor and homes and kitchens. And one thing that occurred to me as we were preparing this is an inspiring space doesn't necessarily have to be one that you create in your own home or you may never Mm -hmm. actually have it, but looking at it, thinking about it almost like, um, sort of imbuing the essence of it can be just that, just inspiring. And then of course, sometimes like we do try to recreate these inspiring spaces, but some of the things we're going to talk about today, I may never actualize or realize, but they serve to inspire me from like a visual space standpoint.
1: I love that. And we're going to talk about um, spaces that are actually in our homes or that we have actual access to right now, which can sometimes be inspiring in like surprising ways because you weren't maybe looking for that. Like you move into a house that happens to have a room that you're like, oh, this room is awesome. You didn't know you were looking for that room. You just wound up with it. And now it's like, oh, what can I do with it? So there's like that kind of inspiration. And then there's the kind that, you know, is more esoteric or just like more generalized where it's a kind, and like you said, where it may never come to fruition. Um, I just have to share this like little behind the scenes moment because I think listeners will appreciate this. So one of the things I've had like a strong emotional pull to, like an image in a space for a very long time It's like the idea, like the image of a cat curled up like on a, maybe on a chair with a shaft of sunlight, you know, pouring over it. And I have a cat in my actual workspace who is so annoying that I'm going (laughs) to have to be mean to her to make her go away. (laughs) Like that's the only, she's super needy right now because the kids and I have been traveling a lot. So she just absolutely won't leave me alone. And the only way to get her to go away is to just be like, annoy her. Yeah. So much that she runs away.
0: Bandic so I her. feel bad. I
1: just, I just annoyed my cat away. Yeah.
0: It's like you're crushing your own fantasy. I definitely think there are some things that we'll talk about <laughs> of my fantasy spaces that if I actually achieved those things, I'd be like, well, this stinks. I don't like it here. So that's, that's it's it's like fantasy, it. not reality.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's quickly talk about the actual places that we find. Um, both info and inspo um about like those visual fantasy spaces i guess if you
0: go first on this one like sure. do you have places that you seek out i mean instagram it's like so cliche but i was thinking about the spaces that um i find inspiring on instagram and i would say it's as often real people and their real creative spaces or their real reading nooks or their real um homes and, and little cozy spaces as it is, um, images produced for the purpose of like showing you creative use of space. Does that make sense? So I'm not following apartment therapy or like we've talked about house and garden UK, which is one of my favorite, like lots of like English cottages and stuff. So I follow a few things like that. Um, but I actually find myself inspired by creators, a lot of writers and fellow Internet creators when they show, whether it's on purpose or by accident, um, like their workspace, their reading nook, where they do their creative work. So yes to Instagram as as getting inspiration about space. Um, and then I watch a lot of premium streaming television and those set designers and art directors <laughs> decorating those apartments, whether it's like a period piece that I'm never going to live in like the late 1950s in Manhattan. But we're talking about spaces that inspire us, not necessarily like what we're actually going to achieve. And so I get a ton of visual space inspiration from the television I watch and I could do a spin off episode just about like TV apartments and houses. How about I you? I think we probably need to do that. Yeah, I think I think that I've said that happen. actually okay. recently. So it's, I'm clearly beating yeah. the same drum. <laughs> Yes. Well, let's put that on our
1: list. Cause I think that would be a great idea. And I know we both have some specific period, um, television shows that we both find jaw dropping, um, jaw dropping, droppingly inspirational. I, I agree though, like that. I like when people show their real spaces. Um, I do consume a lot of magazine content. I've always loved it, but there's, there are some magazines that will just never appeal to me because the end result they show is too sterile. It's like mm-hmm. the, it's like the so clean so neat version of a creative space that it just feels like everything's been sucked out of it and i like something that looks a little more lived in and i think some publications do a really good job of that um two in particular that i've been reading a lot lately are called in her studio magazine and what uh sorry where women create actually did a little story on my instagram over the weekend because i was i spent um This I spent a Sunday just looking at magazines and those were two that like always come to the top of my stack. And they both, both of the publishers have like others, like in her, like in her studio also has in her garden and, and, and they just look like, um, and where women create also has what women create, but it's like real women's studios and creative spaces, including like some messy things and like some cluttered collections of things. And and I just like that. I know it's still it's still probably very styled and very curated, but it, it feels more real to me. Um, and I think Country Living magazine is a good one for that, too. Like the place, the spaces don't feel. Too polished and like too made for a magazine spread, mm-hmm. they do feel like they have a little real. life in them. Yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, Sarah, for you, do these um, do these inspiring spaces, like the things that you find your brain coming back to again and again? Like, have these been with you for a long time, are they are they transient? I, can you remember back to being like 13 and uh, being yeah. into English cottages? Okay,
0: yeah, me too, me too. I think I've been in the same spaces my whole life. Oh yeah, I, I'm sure we're similar here. No, I have had the same type of inspired space visions. Space vision sounds like I'm going to space. Um, <laughs> since I was, since I was a child. And really the through line, and this will become clear as we talk through this episode, is cozy spaces, a uh, space where actual physical space is at a premium. So it's slightly cluttered or cramped or cozy. Um, and then also some kind of historical charm. Um, and that's always a through line for me. I actually remember being a very small child and wishing I had stairs in my house. We didn't. I lived in single story homes all of my growing up. Not because I thought upstairs and downstairs were cool. But because I thought a landing halfway down the stairs, that little like three by three square, I thought, oh, I could do something fun with that. I could make a fort. Mm. I could make a reading nook. So my whole life, it's like I've wanted cozy and wanted to be able to create space from a very little amount of actual space. Um, I was thinking about I don't know if you remember Bette Midler's apartment in New York in Beaches, like from oh, b- yeah. 1989. There were like Christmas lights in the apartment, and the bathtub was like in the kitchen or something, or like in the it was like a studio apartment probably. I, I my memory and could weren't they like a beating lot.
1: on the radiator a lot to Maybe. get it to go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. Okay. It was that yeah. romanticized version of kind of starving artist life or whatever and i think that's played a played a role in inspiring especially creative spaces for me from the beginning. So no, mine don't really evolve. They i guess they grow up, but and they change with yeah. the times, but they don't really change.
1: Well, and i think what what you said about like some kind of historic charm, one thing i've noticed for myself um is that like what that era might be has changed yeah. or sometimes i'm surprised and i'll talk about this a little bit later in the show when i talk about my current kitchen. Like for a long time, I was really into super period kitchens. Like I'm talking, you know, turn of the century kitchens with like and like un. Totally, they call it um. Oh my gosh, there's a word for it. Not unboxed, but it means like things. Oh, unfitted. So things aren't like fitted to okay, the walls yes. or built in. Everything is sort of standalone. Um, that unfitted isn't the right word either. But people listening to this who know will know what I'm yeah. talking about. And um that was like a look i was really into then i was really into like the 40s and 50s kitchens like a country like a solid 40s country kitchen uh-huh. and now i'm finding myself weirdly drawn to like 60s and 70s kitchens i was even at an antique store last week and saw a set of pyrex from the early 80s with like the um like a mave mm-hmm. rosy tone and i was like ooh look at these and then i'm like what are you this you would have hated this 15 years ago so I mean, it happens, right? We like find ourselves like there's a reason things go away and then come back. But I will say like what periods I'm attracted to can be a bit transient. And sometimes it's like, does it what emotional bell is it ringing um, for me? The thing about the stairs made me think of when I was a kid and I had I lived in uh, several old houses as a kid with really cool um, historic features in them. But they all had the kind of stairs that were like. At the back of the house, they were like working yeah. stairs. they weren't uh-huh. really for you to be on display and I always wanted to go to a fancy debt like a dance like prom or homecoming uh, and walk down an yes. open staircase into my living room like every and I movie. never yes, and I never got to have it never <laughs> it's a dream that I still have not to this day been oh. able to like someone someone give me a banister to walk down or like a a staircase yes. to walk down while holding the banister and looking ravishing. I, I'm waiting. Hello, hello. So hello. yeah. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so anyway, um. Okay. Well, I don't want to make this go too long, but I do. You know, Sarah, we have talked both you and I a lot together, and then also on the show, kind of jokingly about our midlife lady leisure pursuits, like <laughs> the things that we get into now, like you know, chickens or pilates or whatever. And I'm wondering. For you, how those spaces, whether they're imaginary spaces or actual spaces that you have or might have, um, how they play a role in how you feel about those pursuits or like your pursuit of those pursuits?
0: Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm not quite sure how to answer that, except that when I think of the, the midlife lady pursuits that I'm interested in, um, you know, fostering kittens, get it, becoming more of a plant lady doing creative work, like writing and photography, like it all fits with the design aesthetic of inspiring spaces for me. There is a, there is a container that all of these things fit into. It's not like my midlife lady leisure pursuits are hiking the Appalachian trail. And yet I want a cozy creative studio. Like it's, it's on brand for me. How about you? Right.
1: Well, it's yes, absolutely. Because I think the space, like it's easy to get kind of carried away thinking how the space is the thing that will make the thing I want to do a thing I do do. Mm, If that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like if I just have the right space, which is funny because I've been working out of my bed for like the better part of two decades for the most part. (laughs) Um, But I do now, right as we speak, I have an office. So the, the home that I bought back in, I guess, December has a shop building on like right next door, like on the property and the front, room is going to be my office and studio and Eric and his son are like next door right now working on it. So within a couple of weeks, I will have a standalone, like separate oh office that I can go into where I don't record in bed anymore, which is going to be really weird to get used to, but um, where I'll be able to spread all my stuff out. And yeah. like, I'll be in that space only working like in my creative it's space a room and of one's own. It's
0: a, it's room, a room of, of own. one's.
1: Oh, yeah. and it's big enough that I can have like a little yoga spot in there. I could have like a Like a table set up for something else, like craft supply. Like there's plenty of space, Mm -hmm. and so now I'm like, oh my gosh. Part of me, my mind is just going crazy because it's basically just going to be a blank space when I move in. I can do whatever I want with it. Yeah, but I also part of me is just a little bit afraid that like wanting the space to do it in is just like I don't know, like a lie I've told myself, and that I actually won't use. You know what I mean? Like
0: I'll get the space and then be like, eh. Well, I just want to play play around on Instagram and hear something. Okay. So I think that's a very real, and let's dig into this because I think people can relate to this and I'll use writing as an example. And you and I have both had this, both the romantic vision of being a writer and then the actual experience of being on deadline and like having to write something. And, you know, like, I think it's a common writerly experience that like the way you picture yourself with books and in no- little handwritten notes and a cup of tea around you. And just like typing away, maybe it's even a typewriter that like feels so romantic, but when you're under deadline, you're probably like, you have unwashed hair. You're like sitting at your <laughs> kitchen table. It's not cute. There's no cat curled up. So I-, I agree that sometimes we think the physical space is going to inspire the real work. And sometimes the real work looks a lot less glamorous but who's to say we can't have both, right? Like we can, we can right. aspire to the beautiful space and you might still feel like you might go in there and scroll Instagram for two hours and you might still podcast from bed in your regular house, but right. bo- both can be true.
1: That's true. And, and this space still serves a purpose. Like having it will, will inspire me, even if I don't always use it exactly the way you know, I, th- I thought that I was. So I'm really excited and I can't wait to share, wait to share pictures when I have something to share.
0: I'm so excited for you.
1: That's code MOMHOUR5050 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active.
0: Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. Okay, Sarah.
1: So let's dive in by talking about the real spaces we have actually in at our disposal that we're inspired by um, and then how we use them or how we'd like to use them. Maybe what improvements we imagine making to them. Um, I will start because I'm in a new house. I have lots of things to pay attention to in this way. So this was really fun. Um, I'm going to start with my sunroom. So it's just this little room that's like off of the kitchen that overlooks the back of the property. And there's a little gazebo that I'll talk about later. Um, and it's got skylights and you know windows on all the walls. And it's just really bright and sunny, but kind of plain. Like it's just, I think they're just white walls or like mm-hmm. off white walls. Um, right now, the way I'm using it is like, it basically became a dumping ground for everything that didn't fit in the kitchen. <laughs> so- the answer is way too much. Like it's got a dining room table. There was a sofa in it when we moved in and we thought maybe we would use that as like a seating area. It's like a little love seat. Mm-hmm. It's too much. I don't want that in there anymore. Um, I put my tea station in there cause there's like a pass through to the kitchen between and that used to be the back of the house. There's a window Okay. and then they yeah. built on the sunroom so that now they it's just opened up and it's just like a little pass through right at the sink. Um, and let's see, the piano is in there. There's like, a, the wine rack thing is in there. I've got like a little piece of furniture that I keep po- like potatoes and onions in. It's like this little thing with drawers that come out. Um, anyway, way too much stuff. And every time I look at it, I think, oh man, I mean, the dining room table probably has to stay, because right now our kitchen really can't be a, a, a solid eat-in kitchen, and I'll talk more about my kitchen later, too. But, but in the future, I just see it as like a quasi breakfast nook slash tea and coffee room with like tons of plants. Cause it really could be a place. It's not hot like a greenhouse, but it definitely is a sunny room yeah. that I could like start seeds and things like that in, or just have my house plants in or bring plants in for the winter. Um, And I just, in my mind's eye, I think about what it'll be and I, I see it and it's amazing, but I'm just, I, I have a long that. ways to go.
0: <laughs> I love that. But you know, light is like the most important ingredient. I think you can't take a dark room and give it light. So it's like you have the, the perfect canvas, I guess.
1: Exactly. That's what it feels like, like a, a canvas I can do anything with. But like, I almost don't even know where to start. I think the place to start is to take about half the stuff out, honestly, and then yeah. just live with it for a little bit. Yeah. All right. What about you?
0: Well, a space that we've been in this house, it will be two years this summer. So a little more than a year and a half. And our house is a ranch style. Um, It has a formal living room right in the center of the house. And it has a big bay window with a window seat and bookcase built in bookcases on either side. It has a real wood burning fireplace. Like this room is like something I would have dreamed up as a child. With the exception, it's Mm. not particularly cozy. It's actually quite a large square room, but built in bookcases and a window seat you could curl up and read in is like the stuff of my childhood fantasies. And I have it now. And I literally like don't ever not pinch myself in this room. It also gets great light because of the big bay window. And then at the back of the room, there are French doors going out to the patio. So you can kind of see all the way through it. Um, it's a big square room. It is painted white now. The fireplace has um, really cool tile, but otherwise it, it it did start as kind of like a pretty plain canvas. Um, how we use it now, it's right in the center of our house and you walk by it a hundred times a day because it connects the back of the house where the bedrooms are to the main living part of the house. The nice thing is I notice I say we didn't walk through it. We walk by it because I've lived in houses where you have to walk through a pretty room and kids are always dropping their stuff and leaving their stuff. But um, the way the hallway works is you're really like skirting the room. So you get to look at it, but not go through it. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I was going to say that like that room, what I remember is every time when I've been in your house, I see it on my way to somewhere else. Yeah. But like didn't spend a lot of time in it. it, but it's a beautiful room.
0: Yeah, it is a beautiful room. Yeah. So we sit in it. So we walk by it a million times a day. We sit in it maybe once a week to have a cup of coffee or a glass of wine. Or the you know the kids will wander by and they will they'll they'll curl up and read in there because most of the books are in there. The piano's in that room and Reed spends a lot of time at the piano. Um, the dog will sit in the bay window on the window seat. I think in terms of how I dream of using it more in the future, it's definitely a great room for entertaining. Those those French doors can open up so it can kind of connect to the patio. And, um, you know, there's a fireplace for cozy winter fires. So it's a room that could actually have a proper gathering in it, like almost like a little bit more of a formal party, like a, like a cocktail party. Cause you know, parties, people gather in the kitchen and this room is not connected to the kitchen. It is a, it is a proper separate living room. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I think that's the fantasy of doing some more entertaining. So,
1: um, I I just want to add that one of the things that I have always wanted to do is have a progressive dinner party. Oh, yeah. And I, I have feel too. like I've never done it. No, that's, yes. that's not true. I have, I have done either. It, but
0: a long time ago. Yeah.
1: OK, well, I feel like that room and the way you're describing wanting to use it would be perfect for like the after dinner drinks portion. It mm-hmm. is with like with like little like little handheld dessert. It would be like either the appetizer space or like the Liqueur ending. space, like the yes. dessert beverage space. Like yes, Downton, when they
0: said, "Should we walk through?" Like that's <laughs> we, this yes, is the room we walk through. Pass yes. through. Yeah, this pass is through. the room you pass through too. I don't know if it's walk through or pass through.
1: I think it's pass through. I think okay. it's pass through. Of course, you'd all have to be in your evening wear. Yes. You're going to do that, so exactly. I want you to have this party, um, uh, and then just come tell us about it. I don't want to plan <laughs> it for you. I want you to plan it and do it, and then I want to hear about it. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. <laughs> Well, since I talked about my sunroom and how it's attached to my kitchen, now I need to talk about my kitchen because I this is the kind of space I find weirdly inspiring, even though like there's a lot to be desired in it. So I'll just describe it. Um, this is like a probably super late seventies or early eighties kitchen, dark cabinetry. And the, the people who built this house, um, the the husband was a cabinet maker. And they built it in the 60s. So it's possible that this, the cabinets have been there all along, but that they like changed up some of the tile and stuff. That's kind of what I think happened. Yeah. Like they're really nice, solid cabinets, but they're old. Um, They're they're dated. Let's put it yeah. that way. But I think they probably switched out the hardware and the floors are like that um, vinyl that's fake brick. And it was like, oh, I think that was a very yeah. 70s, maybe early 80s thing. Um this tile that at one point was probably quite in style, but just isn't. And then this absolutely terrible lighting. I don't even know what you'd call it. It's like a big square light. That's like, like a ceiling light, but it's very fluorescent and ugly. Um, But it's not, it's not recessed. It's not like a can light. It's like a box Mm -hmm. that probably was not cheap back in the day, but it's like four decades later. So and then there's this weird island that, bis- or a peninsula, I guess, that bisects the room. So it like cuts the room off. And then those hang down. The reason I kind of think that the cabinets have been around for longer is that it's that very 60s, 70s style where the cabinets come down halfway into the room and like mm-hmm. cut it off. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. So there are things about this room that I just want to be gone right like right now, like yesterday. But there's another thing I kind of love about the retro vibe, even though I was never really into 70s retro, now that I'm in a space that has it, I kind of like it and I don't want to lose it entirely. And I actually posted on my Instagram stories, just a little like time, this house in some ways feels like a little time capsule. And I was posting some things and mentioned that we would be remodeling the the kitchen and Clara came out of her room and was like, what are you talking about? No, we're not. (laughs) So she was super upset. Our stove actually broke and we went and found another retro stove because it was 50 bucks. And I didn't want to, you know, right before a remodel, spend a bunch of money on a new stove when I don't know what, you know, yeah. which way direction we're going. But we got an even cooler, like even more retro 70s stove. And Claire's like, this is even better. We're keeping this. And I was like, well, it was $50. I wasn't, it's not like a long-term investment. But anyway, um, eventually what I would love is for, it to open up because there's a lot of wasted space. Like the part that's on the other side of the um, weird hang down cabinets um, is basically just a pass through from the living room to the sunroom. It doesn't really get used. And a lot of the walls are taken up by doorways. So there's no, there's not enough wall space right now. It's awkward. And so that I want it to open up and then use that as kind of like the informal in kitchen eating so that the sunroom can be what we want it to be. I do want to modernize it. But I don't want it to lose all of its charm. So I actually think like I've been watching um, that old TV and looking at some different Instagram accounts with a slightly different eye. Like, yeah. how do I make it more functional, but still keep some of that retro flair? I don't really know. I don't want like a, I don't want it to look just like a kitchen out of a box. I want it to keep some of what it's got. I just don't quite know how to do it.
0: Well, it kind of follows that mid-century has been now in for so long, and that creeps into 60s, mid-60s, like whatever, mod. And then it would make sense that we would be, we are moving forward in time, and 70s would start to come around. So, um, and that's obviously what you, that's what you got. It's not like you chose 70s, but I do think you'll be able to find current inspiration that help you keep some of that.
1: There's a couple Instagram accounts that I follow. One's called um, Rinky Dink Retro. And then there's another woman who I actually have met in real life. She lives in Chicago and she got featured like in the Chicago Tribune or something because she's basically living like purposely living in a time capsule. Like she has stuck with all of the architectural details from her. I want to say like early 70s house and is adding to it with a lot wow. of pitch. I'm not going to go that far, but it's so fun to watch. Like it's really, really fun. Yeah. To keep an eye on. Yeah. So
0: I love it. Okay, well, another one for me that's currently bringing me inspiration and I have actual access and use of it is um, my office and the office I've talked about, I think, on the show. It's right off of our bedroom. When we first moved into this house, Brian was work from home for almost a year. The first year we were in this house and then he started going into the office and we set it up as kind of a his and hers office from the beginning. But it was his because he was here. (laughs) And now it's really mostly me who uses it. Um, my desk faces a window behind me are some more built-in bookshelves that I have styled really cute. So when I'm on a zoom with you, Megan, it makes for like a nice, you know, not just you, but you and other zoom meetings. I have, we have noticed, for our business. I have noticed yeah. your
1: zoom back backdrop. Yep.
0: Yeah. It feels, it feels like professional and modern and the lighting is fairly good. But here's where the window faces. The window faces the side of our house and the slope of the property means that the window looks out almost like eye level with an embankment, if that makes sense. So Mm. I don't get a lot of sky. There's a lot. It's like almost like I'm looking at a little hill. And I told Brian and the kids for my birthday this year, a few months ago, I was like, you know, this this view is in its own way, kind of charming. It's not a vista. I can't see very Mm. far and I can't see the sky. But I see little birds and squirrels like rooting around in the shrubs. And there's a little fence line that I sometimes see like bunnies on. And so it's like a very back to the cozy. It's a cozy view. It's not like a a beautiful, expansive view. I said, what if we put a little bird feeder or a little bird bath out there? That's all I want for my birthday. So I jokingly call it my wildlife sanctuary or like my my wildlife viewing sanctuary and it has right now a a solar powered little bird bath fountain that shoots up water as long as there's water's in it the solar it has a little solar thing and then it like shoots water up so the birds will come play in it and a little bird feeder and i kind of want like are you allowed to put salt licks out for deer anymore i don't know if that's good for deer but like de-
1: yeah well oh i was going to say i think it depends on your municipality but i don't know okay. if
0: it's actually good for them or not yeah okay i mean that was something we did like as kids so i have no idea i'm not trying to not trying to um upset any deer lovers or I might not be uh, educated on that but I might want to put something to attract the deer because they do walk through that area and so it's like my little like I don't know Cinderella and her woodland creature friends wildlife viewing sanctuary and I love it so that is what I currently love about it um, in terms of like improvements that could happen soon the desks in that office were set up, as I said, for mostly for Brian to work comfortably from home and for me to have a little corner. And now our roles have kind of flipped because he's almost never in there. My desk is very small. It's not very comfortable. The chair is not very comfortable. So I feel like down the road, I'm not sure I would switch desks with him, but I might get a slightly different or bigger desk and more comfortable chair because I think if I did, I would spend more time actually working in there right now. I mostly use it for like video zoom calls, um, paying bills and a few other things. But I think with some moderate modest furniture upgrades, I'd be more comfortable, like really sitting in there for a a big part of my work day.
1: I I love it. And, um, I remember hearing about that in early pandemic times, how the door was glass. And so yes. you, if you happen to be like changing in the next room, um, it was super weird.
0: <laughs> so, yes, yeah. yeah. It's adjacent to our bedroom and the, it had a glass panel door. And no matter where I went to change my clothes, the closet, the bathroom, or by my dresser, all of them were in view of Brian sitting at his desk. And so we did these frosted window panes that actually look great. They still let light through that window or that door, but I don't feel so self-conscious. So. <laughs> Yeah, I
1: love it. Well, my last one in this category of spaces that we actually have is a gazebo. This house has probably, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not very spatially aware, but like probably 20 feet from my back door, um, off the sunroom, and between between it, there's like a patio, and then that is a gazebo. I mean,
0: we have to pot. Pa- like we have to pause. You have you you have a gazebo. This is I, like I, know, feels I own like a gazebo. <laughs> things that would be on the fantasy list is in your yes, real list. And I know. I, Mine is bizarre. more subtle. But the fact that like I have a a, a window seat with built in bookshelves, yeah. it felt that magical right. to me when I moved in. But gazebo is next level. OK, continue.
1: I, I know. Well, I'm looking at it just like what when I you know, I and when we looked at this house, I didn't want to be like the gazebo sold me because that's dumb. I mean, you right. could you could build a gazebo. It's not like it, it can't be had on a property that it doesn't come with one. But this house came with one. Um. And it's it's a it's got electric run into it, um, and a, a nice roof, like a real, you know, like roof. Um, it's not so just like
0: compared to like Liesel and Rolf leaping <laughs> around in a circle. How? Yeah. What's the size? It's smaller than that, right? Uh, or is I, it that size? yeah,
1: because there's no, I would say it's smaller. It's okay. been a while since I've watched Liesel um and Rolf she, romp she around, leaps but she from- it takes her a long time. To leap all the way around, right? Because right? yeah. she can get several steps per railing yeah. before she is
0: left. Okay, so this is like a real conversation <laughs> we're having right now. It's step, step, gonna... <laughs> grand jete, step, 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 <laughs> like uh, okay. five times. <laughs> uh, okay. Well,
1: <laughs> I would say I would only be able to step grungete. Like okay. I wouldn't be able to step step. There's uh-huh. probably, you know, it's like I'm looking at it right now at my back window um, for my bedroom. So it's like a hexagon. Yep. And each panel is about the size of a standard sized front door with a little trim. So probably three feet wide. OK, yeah. So and there's like a table right in the middle, like a big round or maybe even octagonal Amazing. table um, that currently has like a fake flower display in it. I guess they, that's how they styled it. Um, and it's got like wainscoting around the outside and trim and some trellis. It's just like it is magical. Now currently it's just full of spiders and the weather hasn't really been nice enough here to really use it and the lights burned out. Um so Eric is gonna actually replace the light with a fan. Oh, and the outside is all screened. So I wouldn't be able to step Jate
0: anyway because of the screen being in the way. There's not like a also means the bugs can't get in. I mean this is oh my gosh, getting it's more and more amazing. Oh my gosh. So
1: it it needs a good power cleaning um inside and out and it needs the light to be working and a a fan will be great. And then it is going to be the place of my dreams. I don't even know what to think about how to use it. Like, I'm just looking at it right now. Like the first thing is I want to have a tea party. I want to have like brunch teas out there. I also want it to be absolutely encased in vines, which I don't actually, because that would be bad, but like the romantic part of my dream that wants me to pretend like I just found this in the middle of a forest, wants it to be you know, like covered with greenery. I think instead there are rose bushes behind it. And I think I would really like to have kind of a cottage style garden surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also what's so magical about it is what can be done around the space. So we want to put like a, a fire pit somewhere in the backyard, but mm-hmm. like, what if the fire pit was just far enough where there could be people sitting around the fire pit and then people sitting in the gazebo at the same time. And like, they'd be yeah. sort of adjacent, but not like, not too close. Um, I would have put my, uh, hammock out there. I have like one of those hammocks on a, mm-hmm. one of those, you know, metal frames that could kind of go in the same area and there could just be like flowers and shrubs around it. So I have this, I need someone who's actually good at like landscape architecture yeah. to help mm-hmm. me design it. Cause I don't think I'll, be able to do it. I'm not equal to the task. Let's put it that way. If we're talking Jade Austen terms right now. Um, but it just has so much potential. And as soon, like we're supposed to get some really nice weather this weekend and I want to just get in there and start scrubbing it and sucking up spiders with the shop vac or something and, um, and, and get it in shape to at least sit in. I know Will did have some buddies here last weekend and they went and sat in it.
0: So amazing. It is truly like a dream. Okay. Well, this matches up. Well, mine is not nearly as romantic, but both of us saved for last the thing that kind of needs the most help or work. Yeah. So my last one is a small side patio. It's right off that room we call the rec room where you stayed, Megan, that we convert into a little guest room. And, um, it is a square of brick patio that is like very it's off the side of the house and it's very separate from kind of the main part of the backyard there's two big orange trees right there and brian's garden beds his raised beds that he's been building for like a year when they're done they will be just in front of it it's a really quiet corner of the property so you're not seeing the road you're not seeing the main part of the backyard so again feels cozy and we're just not using this little brick square at all right now. I um, have visions for like, well, I've thought about a hot tub. I I don't know. I, I really don't know what I think about that. But something that draws us out there, I'm glad you brought up hammock because I've thought about a hammock between the two orange trees. It's just this underutilized side of our yard that's a little junky right now. But something about the fact that they have they paved or they they did brick for this, I'm going to say it's like a. 10 by 10 square, like the size of a a very small room. And so it just needs like an outdoor rug and some cute chairs. And I feel like it just would be a little sanctuary, but I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure. I don't know if we're going the, like the adult fire pit and like cozy nook direction or like a hot tub and a ping pong table. I don't know, but it, it has potential.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember spending time in that space and what I thought was interesting about it. Um, because you gave me like when I was sleeping in that um, bedroom or that what do you call it? like it's like a guest room slash rumpus room right so yes. mm-hmm. when I was in the rumpus room I was a rumpus room guest um, yes. I kept thinking ooh, I have my tea and there's that nice patio but yeah that I was being drawn to the inside of the house because that's where everybody else was so there was yeah. like something needed to be there to draw me out and that I totally know what you mean like for you guys to all get out there would be like a trek.
0: Yes. You want to have to go. Exactly.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I don't know, like, I mean, you and I love to talk about like solo leisure writing and quiet time and meditation and yoga. And maybe it is like, it seems ideal for that type of solo sitting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so it might just be a matter of like the right furniture and the right little, you know, outdoor plants and little table. And then maybe it's just the place you go and have two o'clock coffee by yourself. And by you, I mean me, so.
1: <laughs> by you, well, and don't you feel like sometimes <laughs> there can be the most ideal space for something, but if you don't train yourself to use it, it just doesn't get used. Uh-huh. So it's almost like you have to put it on your phone for Like you have to make an appointment with yourself, go sit outside with a book, you know, yeah. or go sit on the patio with a book and my cup of coffee or whatever and do it like five times until that's the place where you do that right. thing. Like, and then suddenly that's the place where you do that thing.
0: Exactly. Like pair it yeah. and pairing it with something where like this is where... I do my morning reading or this is where yeah. I have my two o'clock coffee. Yeah. love it. Pretty
1: soon. No one will be able to find you ever.
0: It'll <laughs> be mom? like mom has been gone for a really long time. <laughs> Mom's you've, patio. Just,
1: you've just been hanging out in the, in the hot tub or the, uh, um, in the hammock. Uh, yeah. yeah. So.
0: Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the mom hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, our place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, we're all comparing notes on our favorite product.
1: Listeners, Our Place offers a hundred day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes.
0: Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya
1: manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Sarah, we're back and we're going to talk about fantasy spaces. And And by this, I kind of mean, I mean, if you have like a really particular space, that's totally fine, too. Like if you've always been drawn to like, I don't know, the New York Public Library or something, that's totally fine. But I'm thinking more like types of spaces. Those are mine anyway. Like when I see a photo of this type of structure or this type of setting, it just does something to me. Um, And then also, I would love it if we could just mention like what we think we would do with the space, maybe how we think we would decorate decorate it or like style it um, if we actually were to have one. So the first for me is an A-frame cottage. Um, I mean, right. And the way they look like they're just part of the surroundings, I think is so amazing. There's just something about them that, and again, I think they're kind of coming back into vogue. So I'm not a hundred percent sure if 20 years ago, I would have been like, Ooh, A-frames, maybe, I don't know. But like right now I feel like they're, they're very romanticized and like, They're easy to consume in many Mm -hmm. different places right now. Um, When I see one and think about how I would use it, I mean, my my wheels just get spinning so fast, like up north cabin. I actually do think on our property up north, we will have an A-frame at some point. It just makes a lot of sense. It's simple construction, blah, blah, blah. for
0: uh, heavy snows, right? Yeah. Right. It Mm -hmm. just rolls down. Yeah.
1: So so the up north cabin thing that probably will actually come true. But I also think like, oh, a yoga studio. Or a writer's studio or an art studio in case I ever take <laughs> up art. It's like if I was ever going to take up art, I would kind of need to have an A-frame yeah. cottage to do it in, don't you think? So um, so there's that, like, I feel like it could be used for almost anything. Um, nap, like a nap room, like that'd be great <laughs> for that. But when I think about how I would decorate it, I sort of envision this sort of mashup of like a vintage mid-century Hunting or fishing cabin with like a lot of wood and plaid, but then with Scandinavian simplicity, Mm -hmm. which I'm not sure how those two things mash up, but in my mind they do.
0: I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So um, how about you? So the first one, and I agree. Mine are all kind of general, like could could be achieved in a number of different ways and are more like general ethos. The first one is porches, balconies. Small patios, small gardens, and there's something so appealing to me about a cozy outdoor space that you almost make livable. So, like bringing the indoors out, but in a very cozy way. I have never really had true porches, um, especially like a covered porch or a wraparound porch. I've I've had like a stoop in my various houses, um, and I've never really had balconies. Both of them, they they invite that like it's a contained space. That feels like almost bonus. It's not a living space in your house. You can decorate it, but it also is sort of in an, in and of itself. It is pretty to look at. Um, I guess if we're going true fantasy, which we know, like for my brain, I have to like go the extra mile and not just think so realistically, my ideal would be like a covered outdoor space where it could be like raining, but also dry and cozy. And I think Mm. what I would do is I would do Rugs and textiles that were outdoor friendly. So it would have that feel of a living space, but outdoors, obviously string lights. I mean, of course, come on, blankets, um, plants. So yeah, like a cozy porch slash balcony slash small patio slash small garden where you create the feeling of indoor living, but outside. How do you feel about metal roofs with rain hitting them?
1: Hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about it? they are loud, but very romantic. Yeah. You know, in that sort of way that you're describing. So
0: Um, for both of our first ones, I have to mention that a listener said this in our Facebook group, like a couple years ago, that if you you have YouTube on your TV or you can airplay YouTube to your TV, you can pull up uh, like ambiance scenes on YouTube (laughs) that are basically, (laughs) oh, you're laughing, but wait till you see them. You can search up like cozy cabin raining in the spring and you will find like somebody has, it's like a, like a desktop screensaver type look only they're slightly animated. So you'll hear the rain. You might hear the fire crackling. And with the listener who suggested it, it was around Christmas time. So you could like on your flat screen TV in your living room, you could just set a scene where there's like a cozy Christmas coffee shop with a fire crackling And it just becomes the background, like in the same way you could put like a crackling fire on your Apple TV or whatever. It's the same idea. It sounds super cheesy, but Violet and I, whenever Violet and I are home alone, she'll be like, can we put on a scene? And we go search (laughs) for one. And there's a lot of A-frames. So there's a lot of like where it makes you feel like you're in an A-frame cabin in the woods or you're on a covered porch and it's raining. I mean, come on. If If friends listening, if you just are uninspired by your actual space and you want a very shortcut to that inspired feeling, do not discount throwing a YouTube ambiance scene on your flat screen TV.
1: I mean, I have a TV in my bedroom that I've literally not turned on one time since I moved into this house because I just so rarely watch TV, um, especially in my bedroom, but I would use it for that. Yeah. That'd be perfect.
0: It's amazing how many different ones there are. Like you can find ones where it feels like you're working in a cozy coffee shop and it's snowing outside. Like there are so many different ones.
1: Oh wow, I might never leave my house or my yeah. bedroom if I do that. Oh my gosh. All right, well here's another one that for me is like an immediate visceral response and that is a greenhouse, especially if it's like an old greenhouse um with like chipping paint on the okay. window panes <laughs> specific, and stuff. Yeah. Um I I think I've always had this and I've never been much of a gardener, really, or like a plant person. But there's just something. Well, first of all, I think when you live in a cold climate, um, there is just something about there being a sunny, humid space full of life in the middle of winter. Like, yeah, it's there it's got to be life doing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And there have been times when, like, you know, um, especially when the kids were smaller and we just were getting those, like, February, March doldrums we would just go to whatever conservatory was nearby when we lived in bigger cities and just stand in there and like soak up the heat. Um, So there's something about that, but I just think there's something so romantic about all the glass, the same way a sunroom is romantic. Just all the glass and the light. And then the idea that it's there to like give life to plants. Um, Mm -hmm. And it also, again, the fantasy part of me, the perhaps magical thinking part of me thinks suddenly I'd be like great at gardening and house of course, plant maintenance yeah. if I had this space <laughs> for it. Um, I will also say that a consolation prize would be a really nice potting shed. These are there are some that are like, I don't know what really is the difference. I think maybe with a greenhouse, you really want it to be warm. And I don't know if there's something about the way they're built. I really don't know the answer. I'm very ignorant about that. But um, <clears throat> we just went to a place locally that has like Structures you could buy like sheds and little, you know, like chicken coops. We were actually looking for you, a chicken coop. You were
0: sending me pictures, and I was yes. like, I want to live in these she yes. sheds.
1: Yes. You were like, I want one of those. Can I have a she shed? And that's kind of what inspired this episode, actually. But um, one of them that I walked into was like a glorified well, it was like a little tiny cabin or garage, even with a completely glassed potting shed that I guess you could make into a greenhouse if it was properly like warm. I guess that okay. would be the only difference, right? I don't know. I don't know the. Answer I don't know to this. anything about this. It. I live but in I
0: just, a in a yeah. an earth no greenhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I
1: just stood in it. And was like, I just want this so much. I just kept saying that. I just want this. I just want this so Aww. much. And Eric's like, Well, what? What would you do with it? I was like, I don't know. I would just, I would just be in it. I just want to have it. And I. That's still how I feel. I want to go back and buy it, like now. Oh my
0: gosh! I want. I want you to have it. I was really Thank into you. the pictures you were sending me. Okay, yeah. and this is another television movie related sidebar, but I have to say, it, cause I know listeners, somebody will validate me. When you were talking about greenhouses, I was having flashbacks of a nineties, um, psychological thriller. Do you know which movie ends with a very terrible scene in a greenhouse? I think it's single white female, but it's something like that. Did you, you, I know you're not so like this a scary is, movie uh, person. No,
1: this is bringing like, I feel like I should know, but I don't, um, and I don't think I, I mean, I feel like I've seen it, whatever you're talking about. Yes. I feel like I've seen it, but and I don't I, know for sure. I don't
0: go for those movies anymore, but for a short time when I was like old enough to see them and too young to like have worldly worries, I, I watched some of those, like they're not really horror movies. They're more like psychological thrillers. Was it the hand that rocks the cradle? Yes. That's the one. It's not, okay. a one. those were the two that I watched probably more than once. <laughs> yep. I think it is the hand that rocks the yeah, cradle, I think the creepy right. movie. Yeah. Okay. So sorry to shatter literally your <laughs> greenhouse. Thanks. Thanks a bunch. But listeners who are our age will maybe also recall that. And a whole bunch of them were too young to see that movie. Um okay, so my next one, I feel like I've already alluded to, but it is the classic writerly creative indoor space and I'm going to read you from our outline some some notes that I wrote down because Maybe that will do better than me describing the ethos of this space. But again, we go back to, for me, a creative space where space is tight and charm, historical charm is high. That's always like the, that's the baseline. And I wrote down books, thrifted art, mixed pattern textiles, natural light windows and plants. And then I wrote, I am a 55 year old English professor with a third floor office in an old building with great light, but bad heating which is why there are cozy blankets in my office. There's a New England vibe for sure. Like, sorry, the door won't close properly and the floor tilts. <laughs> this was Emily Dickinson's old office. And then I wrote compulsory feline. So, that's, so that is I like my like meditation on, on a professorly bookish space. This was like
1: a stroke of genius. It almost feels like you must have been in a creative space just to write that paragraph. Like you were so inspired by thinking about it that you sat down and wrote a masterpiece.
0: It's been in me since my whole life, like we talked about.
1: All right, Sarah. Well, much like you want uh, you want me to have my greenhouse slash potting shed life, I want you to have this. And you can have this. I like, could. I do feel like this could be this could be real for you.
0: Except there's a New England-ness about it that I oh. probably will never. There's a New Hampshire or Connecticut or Massachusetts-ness about it. There's an old Dar Williams song. Well, there's a Dar Williams song called "Southern California Wants to Be Western New York," where she, (laughs) like in classic like folk lyrics, contrasts like the way West Coast people want the romanticism of what's really like largely unpleasant about living in the Northeast. It's a really really good folk song, but that's what it reminds me of. Like I will probably never have the New Englandness about this, but the rest is is accessible, achievable, including the feline.
1: Well, and nothing's that old where you are either. Exactly. Like, That's you know, why. Yeah. That's why we <laughs> That's why, have like yeah. a
0: deep longing, like a cellular longing for things that are older than you know sixty years. Here's what
1: I'm picturing, Sarah. Eventually, the Mom Hour has a satellite office in New England or London.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I can. We see just it. go Can't there. You, like yeah, Euro yeah. Mom
1: Hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So and we'll be like we would like be um asking a. Uh, a realtor, like where we want to have our company's European headquarters or you know, East Coast headquarters, and we'd be like, Well, it has to have a cobblestone street.
0: Right. Obviously. Obviously. Like, don't <laughs> show
1: us, don't show us anything with real with real roads, like right. modern roads. Ew. Could the
0: window frames be painted shut slightly and you know, at <laughs> uh, least two hundred years old? Okay, thanks. Yeah. and
1: yeah. mm. there be like barely any light and like a frizzled old cat? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like grumpily licking its paw in the corner. A noisy
0: yeah. radiator of some kind. Great. Thank you.
1: Okay. They'd be like, sure. OK. All right. Well, I will um, tell you my last one because I think this is this is one that I kind of feel a little um, sheepishly basic because okay. I kind of okay. thought that I kind of thought that I wasn't. I thought that this was something. Rather like unique that I was into, and that turns out like it's the most uh, everyone's into this right now, but it's converted school buses or converted buses of any kind that are turned into these beautiful living spaces. Um, and I started getting kind of into this idea back when. Remember when I was really into the idea of like redoing a vintage camper for a yeah, while? And definitely in those days, you could still, and maybe you still can, but you could get a school bus much cheaper, like similar sized, and then they're basically just a big open box. And so
0: and you're not, um, and, are you going to drive them somewhere? That's what I'm confused about. Or do they sit more like a mobile home sits and doesn't? No, you
1: would,
0: well, you would drive them. Like this would
1: be what you would, obviously what you would use when you're driving from Newfoundland to Alaska. Okay. Duh.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, come on. I just didn't know people I, were mostly like parking these in their, on no, their I think farm they are mostly, for a while.
1: I think they're mostly using them in their millennial ge- uh, geographically independent life. Okay. Or what's the word? Geographically non-specific. Like, oh so it's like very much a modern young okay. people's nomad thing, and okay, um so it's it had been on my radar, and then, when Eric and I started dating, he was like, "Hey, what would you ever think about like you know converting an old school bus? And I was like, Oh my gosh, you're my dream, man. So then we talked about it. We watched like a YouTube movie about this couple that did it, and then I started following all these school bus um conversion Instagram accounts, and what's really funny now is the ones I get fed, it's like beautiful young people waking up and having their coffee in what looks like a $100,000 renovation. And this, you know, what I was thinking was like, buy a $3,000 school bus and like, I don't know, throw, throw a bed a, in the back, throw a bed in the back, like, yeah, hang up some, um, hang up some, can't like of those little party lights in there and it's going to be great. And it's been taken to like an art level. And uh, so it's, it's a thing. Now I think what Eric told me being the more mechanical minded one uh, and the more logistically the, the better like practical mind of the two of us is that school buses are great. Cause they are maintained really well. Okay, um, the school yeah, districts that makes sense. maintain them really yeah. well. And they often don't have that many miles when they get sold. So anyway, apparently it's a great way to get across the country. If you want to, it, it poses some logistical hurdles that I won't get into now. Cause we're talking fantasy, but if you want to go find like, If you want to just fall down a rabbit hole of online inspo, just check out, like, go to their schoolies. And people call them schoolies, S-K-O-O-L-I-E. And I think you can probably follow that hashtag. Um, What's really funny is I saw this meme the other day that showed, like, on the left. It was the old Chris Farley skit from SNL where he was the guy who lived in a van down by the river because he had no money. He was, like, a motivational speaker who lost all his money. (laughs) So... Then next to it on the right, it's like now, you know, back then it was like, kids, you live in a van down by the river. And now it's like, it's
0: like a cautionary could, tale. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, now it's like you could spend $35,000 to have a van down by yeah. the river. And it's really true. Like people do very elaborate yeah. um, renovations. But there, I think to me, if you had, like you were talking about the things that are the through lines for you, um, you know, the cozy spaces, yeah. the slightly askew windows, drag doors, whatever. <laughs> I think for me, it's the idea of taking something and making it something else. That's so appealing, oh, yeah. like taking yeah. something that's really just functional and making it beautiful or that allows you to like live nomadically. Something about mm-hmm. that is
0: very appealing to me.
1: So maybe in, you know, another 10 years, it'll be something else that people are jumping on. Maybe I'll live in a boat. I don't know.
0: Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Houseboats yeah. will be the next thing. That's yep. So funny. yep. I love it. Well, um, the last one for me is a little different, a little bit of a departure. And I will say this fantasy space didn't really come up for me until I moved back to my hometown of Santa Barbara two years ago. I never really had this fantasy, but the fantasy is about commercial space, like a downtown office, something that was not my home that I got to Mm. set up and decorate and like have a brick and mortar something with the funny thing is from a true entrepreneurial standpoint, I have no desire to go to an office or to own a brick and mortar business but something about having the space separate from my house that I got to like develop is so um, inspiring. And so, you know, I started Pilates recently. I should give an update on that soon. But Megan, I am going to right now box you um, a couple pictures of my downtown um, Pilates studio. So listeners, I'll throw these in the show notes or Insta too. But Santa Barbara has a, an eclectic looking downtown. There's a lot of red tile roofs and Spanish style architecture. There's built there's pretty buildings and regular, not so pretty buildings, but my Pilates studio, Megan, you can see it's this tiny little like squash between two other commercial spaces. And it's really tiny, like a little pointed roof, almost like a little house and this big funky, like bricked window. And that's it. <laughs> it's a one, one door. So yeah, I, when I pulled up, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so cute. And th- since this Google earth photo was taken. She has like put a sign out there. And I walked in and it's all hers. It's one Pilates studio. It's all her space. Everything, there's plants and lighting. The window and, is
1: so fun too. Yeah, oh my the gosh, little so round cute. one.
0: Like Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there is something inspiring to me about um uh, particularly my downtown, which has a lot of um it also has a lot of like mid-century bungalows, like craftsman style bungalows that have been converted to commercial space where now there's like a chiropractor or a lawyer or like a design firm in there. Um, so I don't know when I drive and walk around my own city's downtown, I think I would love to either renovate or set up or maybe even just be a landlord in a commercial space that I could make look really cute. And that's a new one for me. That was never a fantasy I had since until I moved back. And yeah, there's just a lot of good charm and history and eclectic looks to our downtown.
1: I actually have, have found myself um, wanting, it's like, like you, I don't necessarily want to go work in the space. I just want to possess the space yeah. and do something fun with it. And so I will find myself seeing like a place and going, Ooh, that would be a great tasting room. And then I'm like, I don't want to open a tasting room or like, that would be a great little cafe. It would be for someone else. I'm not going to do that, but there is something so appealing about like having a, a hand in the creative vision. Yeah of like how to use it. And when we have our, the mom, our media um, offices in London um, and New Hampshire, um, we won't actually have to go to those offices very often. Right. We'll just stop in and like the cat do the thing where them. we look around. Yeah. Well, we'll have employees <laughs> the there, cat. but you know, we'll just kind of look around and not and go. Mm, yes. Yes. Quite very, very well. Very good. And mm-hmm. then we'll go back to our homes, our home offices. Yeah. I
0: love it. Our beds. I love we'll it. We'll just still our be bed. working from bed. <laughs> We'll just have a bunch of
1: office spaces just to have them and never go to them. And we'll be working in bed. I love it.
0: Oh I can't believe gosh. neither
1: one of us mentioned a, a home library, but I think it means that we're not done with this topic. Like, no, there's probably a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah, and there is exactly. like, there's
0: an entire category of Instagram for amazing home book collections. But
1: yeah. Well, this was so fun. Thank you for sharing all those inspirational spaces with me. I loved it.
0: I loved it too. And listeners, we always love to hear from you. So join in the conversation in our Facebook group or on Instagram or wherever you most like to find us. And we will be back with you on Tuesday. Tuesday is a continuation of our listener questions, two-part episode that we started last week. We always do those in pairs. So we have some more great listener questions and our I don't know, maybe great, maybe questionable advice coming up on Tuesday. (laughs) Megan, I will talk to you then. Talk to you then.